what you doing podcast what you doing podcast what you doing podcast what you doing podcast they're a semi-chaotic team and they're here for podcasting what you doing podcast what you doing podcast they're headed to the tri-state to hang with phineas and fern so come along for all the thrill with felipe navi and will they're firing up the Rewatchinator. This is what we're gonna do today. Welcome back, everybody, to What You Do It, um, a Phineas and Ferb Rewatch podcast. I am Agent F, aka Felipe. And we got a great episode today. First, someone who would always beat me in a thumb war, Navi Ball. Navi, how are you doing today? Oh, wow. I thought you were going to put that on Will saying that you would beat (laughs) me in a thumb war. I have very uh, weak thumbs, so I don't know. Maybe you would be able to beat me, but we shall see. We shall see when we finally can do an in-person podcast. Yeah, Uh, we can do it at our Epcot hotel room. (laughs) Love that. Love that. But we're not alone. As always, we are joined by uh a website youtuber in his own right someone who loves to click drag and drop photos onto hit onto the web uh it's will davis everyone hello i don't think uh, i could beat you at a, at a thumb war either I, I think you would put me in the boston belt sander <laughs> why because i'm from boston yeah yeah um but who knows i, I just like I didn't look into this. It was that really Evander Holyfield voicing yeah, him? Yeah, it was. It was. That yeah. was his. That was the actual the voice of Evander Holyfield. Yeah, the poll. I know they had J.K. Simmons on another episode, but uh, the J.K. Simmons to our podcast has joined. Uh, Will, do you want to introduce this guest? Since yeah, you know we have him best? A, a special. I I would say I probably know him best of the three of us. Uh, Who knows? Maybe Navi guest. and him are best friends. <laughs> Who knows? Yeah, maybe. Uh, but but Surprise. my my brother of twenty two and a half ish years. Uh, it's Nathan. Nathan, how are you? Uh, I'm I'm doing all right, William. Just trying to stay warm here in the good old Norman, Oklahoma. And um, just for the record, I do know Navi best. Sorry about you. <laughs> Honestly, I wish I knew Navi better than I do. Like, I feel like Navi, I just wish I had like, not that I want Navi to like, be confined to a pocket all day, but I wish I had a little pocket Navi to be my friend all day. <laughs> <laughs> honestly i think pocket navi would annoy the ever-loving crap out of you so it's probably best that you get a weekly dose of me as opposed to dealing with my ass all day so yeah <laughs> i mean my ass <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh so today we're going to be talking about raging bully and lights candace action and we so nathan first what's your background on phineas and ferb And why'd you pick these episodes? Yes. So um, I pretty much grew up on Phineas and Ferb. I was like around when it premiered. I watched it religiously. Um, I I still have a tradition of watching the Christmas episode every year um, since I can't, don't really have the opportunity to watch like all the episodes nowadays. I am sure to at least watch that one episode every single year. And it probably annoys William, but it's always on the TV whenever I'm at home. But I know, think if I think if this show annoyed me, I wouldn't be podcasting about it. <laughs> <That's fair. 
Yeah. Uh, but it, so I know a little bit about about uh, Nathan's background in the show. Uh, so it, it, this picture I took is is about five or six years old. I think I tweeted it in about 2015. If you can go back far enough in my in my Twitter account. Uh, but he used to have a Perry the Platypus uh, phone case. Uh, there was there was one day where he was he was like playing playing some video game on his phone and like holding it really close up to his face. And he also had this very intense like like video game scowl while he was playing. And it, and it just sort of lined up exactly to where his mouth kind of was in the shape of a duck bill or a platypus bill. Uh, so so it, it almost looked like his face kind of kind of morphed with the Perry the platypus. We'll, we'll definitely tweet out the photo so you all can, can judge for yourself. Um, but he has been confirmed to be a big, big Phineas and Ferb fan for a while. Uh, and wh- one thing I want to ask, uh, so Nathan and I are, are three, three years apart to the point where I think one of us could qualify as much more Gen Z than the other one of us could. Did you say we're three years apart? Uh, three plus. I was born in 95. You were born in 98. No. Uh, that's three, last I checked. No. Uh, so um, I think that's there's, three. There's, there's been a lot of discussion, a lot of discourse about uh you are know, you gonna is... ask that rob has a podcast patrons right now <laughs> yeah well so uh, there, there was a lot of arguments that uh, so so rob and Akiva need a podcast recently did their show gen z shows are trash in which they covered uh nancy classified school survival guide iCarly, and this show phineas and ferb shout out to jcr future guest for plugging yeah. us um did, check I, out his I, podcast was... ikyk uh just to give him some love since he gave us love it was a great show all around. Love, loved everyone on this podcast. Um, but there is a lot of discussion. You know, are these shows actually Gen Z shows or not? Uh, so, so I wanted to open up the two questions. One, is this a Gen Z show? And two, are we Gen Z? Um, okay. I will take this first. I'm actually going to be doing a more in-depth Twitch stream with Naomi Calhoun, who I just recorded a podcast with. Uh, on her mm-hmm. podcast, future guest Naomi yes, future guest as well. Uh, in two weeks, I think. Uh, but I was on Mike White was robbed with her. We talked about why Abby Maria is a good survivor player and is not just a mm-hmm. good character. Oh. Uh, and uh, uh, she's actually organizing a Twitch stream to like discuss this. And she's going to do like this whole like breakdown like, is this Gen Z or is this millennial? Um, and I think that. The Wikipedia definition of Gen Z begins at 1995. If you were born in 1995, you are Gen Z. I think I identify as a zillennial where I feel like I cusp the two lines because there are aspects like I recorded things on VHS. Like, I feel like that's something that millennials did more than Gen Z. Like, I, I, my brother wouldn't know how to do that. But if you showed me like a VHS, I don't know where I could find one, but I could, I could figure out how to record something on there. I needed to um i played computer games where you needed to like put the cd-rom in um so i feel like i'm a zillennial but i think distinctively Phineas and ferb is a gen z show as is ned's declassified those were geared towards like maybe older young millennials watched it but if i think they were geared towards people if ned's premiered in 2004 i think they were geared to like nine to 13 year olds and so maybe like some millennials caught it but Gen Z starts 1995, 2004 is nine years later. 
But iCarly and Phineas and Ferb are definitive Gen Z shows. Yeah, I think I'm I'm in a similar boat where where so I was born in '95. I identify more with traditionally millennial things. I would call myself a millennial, and I did watch the show when I was a kid. But I do think it's a Gen Z Gen Z show. Yeah. I hear a lot I, of people because I, I, we we said like in the first episode, you know, I didn't finish this show. Whatever it was, I haven't seen all of the show. Yeah, no um, way. Millennials like traditional millennials have seen past like season two at least like mm-hmm. yeah so I, I i would call this a gen z show i know a lot of people say like especially in america like the line is if you can remember the events of september 11th um mm. then you're like a millennial and while i can't remember that day specifically i can remember like days before it so uh mm. like i remember my third birthday which was two no i can't math a year and two months before it so um, like I can remember events around it and I just don't remember that specific day, but, um, yeah. So I feel like, I don't know, but that's like, it's, it's a weird debate. Like generations is weird. I can't even remember the events of February 14th, 2021. So, I mean, <laughs> like I, I remember I, a lot of people were posting on social media about their love while I ate <laughs> chips. That's all I remember. Sorry. I cut you off, Nathan. <laughs> Oh no, you're fine. I, I was just saying my memory's terrible. So like I, I couldn't tell you what I even had for dinner yesterday. So like I get I guess for me that is definitely not a good um milestone to check which one I am. Yeah. Abby, do you identify as, as millennial or Gen Z? I don't believe in labels. Uh, <laughs> about that life. Uh, I don't know. I was born in 97. I don't know what I am. I don't really think it matters at the end of the day because I like the show regardless if it was a millennial or a Gen Z or even a boomer show. Like, it's just a good show. Like, let me just enjoy the show in peace. Please and thank you. Yeah, it's the thing. It At the end of the day, it doesn't matter is this a Gen Z show or is this a millennial show. What matters is it's a show that we love and we love to watch. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I, I do think also that, that you know, the, the popularity of Dan Pavenmeyer's TikTok may, may lend to, to pointing that maybe this is a Gen Z show. There's, there's a lot of young people who love this show. Uh, yes. Um, but yeah, so we settled that debate. Um, did we? Maybe we just opened up more cans. I don't know. <laughs> if, 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 if you, if you want to argue it, uh, come at us in the comments. Basically, I, I saw this post in the RHP Facebook group uh, that I don't remember who said it, but basically it was like TikTok Nicole, JCR, and Zach are all Gen Z. They picked shows that they watched. That means the shows are Gen Z shows, and maybe they like border, they're in the Venn diagram of millennial and Gen Z, but they're at least uh-huh. definitively Gen Z shows because they're a part of their Gen Z experience. And I yeah. like that comment and I clapped. Um, by the way, uh, y'all talk amongst yourselves while I go see if that man actually took offense to me saying, how dare you about iCarly? Cause I, now I feel bad. <laughs> okay. For context, uh, someone said, uh, is this a Renap bump that iCarly is top 10 on Netflix? And I said, how dare you? iCarly is an international treasure. <laughs> uh, should we, should we go ahead and get into this thing? Go ahead and get into, go ahead and get into Raging Bullet. Yeah, yes. for sure. Um, I will say uh, I took extensive notes in the beginning and then towards the end, it kind of all fell apart for me. <laughs> so uh, please yeah. bear with me. Uh, feel free to jump in 
as always, I don't know what I'm doing. Sure. Anyway, Do so, any of us uh, though? No, so, I don't. Yeah, but before we get too maybe too granular, let's just give like broad picture what one paragraph elevator speech. What happens in the episode? All right, so Candace. Phineas and Ferb go hang out at the mall because their mom is a part of a jazz uh, trio, which they're performing at. And uh, they finally, uh, Phineas and Ferb finally uh, get, I guess, bullied by Buford. And we also get a Beljeet sighting as well, by the, the way. Is, this is the first time we see Beljeet. My OTP, yeah. Buford and Beljeet. <laughs> well, we'll Convince me that they're not a romance. Like, I'm sorry. They are a ship. We ship here. Yes. Well, we will track that as we go along with the show. Wait, before Um, we go any further, can I ask, like, not to put you on the spot, but like, Navi, like, Baljeet is obviously a brown mm -hmm. character. Like, did you identify with him as a kid? Um, Or, I don't know. I can edit this out. I didn't mean to put you on the spot or anything. No, no, no. I don't mind at all. Um, I mean, there are certain aspects of him that I identified with. Um, I definitely didn't study as nearly as much as he does, especially over the summer. Uh, I guess the one gripe I have, especially just like with uh, South Asian characters in general is that they usually tend to have an accent. I'm like, not all brown people need to have like an Indian or Pakistani Uh or what have you accent. Like they can just be, have like a a Western accent. Like that's totally fine. Um, But other than that, I think the show does a decent job of portraying him well and not just reverting to well they do take part of in some stereotypes but they sort of subvert it in a sense and make it a bit more respectful like i don't feel like they're making fun of belgeet as much as like say uh um that one character from the big bang theory who just feels like a walking yeah. joke like 99 percent mm, yeah. of the time um but yeah i i like i said as with all the other things that we've talked about i'm interested in tracking baljeet's sort of journey and development through this show and i'm glad that we finally get a chance to chat chat about him a bit more yeah no i only ask that because as a writer especially someone who like would like to create kids content and because my my viewpoint is that kids learn about empathy and diversity if they, if they can learn that at an early age, then they can be like more respectful and compassionate humans. So I just like, and that's a big thing for me. Like if I saw, like I watched Dragon Tales and it was like important for me to see any of Max who are Latino and Latina characters going and doing things. So I it just was curious if you had, like just seeing someone who looks like you or represents you in the media was like impactful to you growing up at all. I don't know. Yeah, it was impactful. Like I said, uh, he kind of is a butt of a joke, but at the same yeah. time, he's not. It, it's kind of difficult to sort of parse that out, if that makes sense. I think yeah. I think there's a there's almost another layer to it where like every character when they're first introduced, they're they're like a a very distilled down version of the character, very like not very fleshed out, very like. Oh, Buford's the bully. Baljeet's the Indian kid, and and there are some things in in like whenever we we very first meet Baljeet, like the like the fact that he's studying over the summer, the fact that one of his first lines is something about like going on a magic carpet ride, to he's like this that. is on a on, on like a one way magic carpet ride to something. I don't remember the, mm-hmm. the whole line. Yeah, where whenever it's a character like Buford 
like it's it's a little bit more okay to portray like oh he's just the bully but if if whenever it's baljeet and and i don't know some of these like like very distilled versions of of baljeet are are i don't think they would be made in 2021 yeah no and i think they would be handled with a lot more nuance now and and especially as they go through the series it is handled with a lot more nuance but but whenever we first see him there's a little bit that is that is kind of uncomfy to watch no Mm -hmm. for sure and like navi said like there's there's ranges to the depiction of like different uh ethnicity and diverse groups on television like in terms of my team, sometimes you get Amy Max, sometimes you get Dora the Explorer, sometimes you get Gloria from Modern Family in the mm. Latinx <laughs> character range. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's like, in terms of the kid show, I like I think Isabella is also Latina, so I, I guess we can track that from my perspective as well. But it's just mm. interesting to see um, what they do, and I think that's going to be interesting to track. Um, yeah. Sorry to put you on the spot earlier, Navi. I, I no, no, do I don't yeah. mind this at all. This is yeah. great. Sorry, and, right. and sorry to interrupt right away of our, our uh, <laughs> people don't know what happened in the episode yet. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> well, so I don't fun. know. Let's just get right into that. Sometimes the things are important. Yeah. Um, so it opens up with Candace looking through her phone and it's like random pictures of Jeremy just looking very like candid shots of him at work uh, when her mom shows up and is like, hey, the jazz trio is performing at the what is it called? The squat and stitch at the mall. And uh, she lived. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? I, I don't know. Are you guys into knitting? I, it's not something that personally interests me. I knit me. for like a few weeks in fourth grade and then that's it. But I do love people who cross stitch and I wish I was as talented. Uh, shouts to Sarah, capital Sarah, again, for my beautiful. I've, I've never done it before because I don't understand how it works, but I'm, I'm like very intrigued by how it works like how how you can take just like a straight piece of string and like twist it around itself enough to where it becomes like other more complicated things um so I, i've never done it have no idea how to do it but but i think it's very cool i i believe our mom cross-stitched at one point in our lives i don't know if she does it anymore i watched uh, it yeah she, I, guess, I guess she did like cross-stitch our like christmas stockings that we have some cool cool patterns and things um but knitting i don't i don't think she's ever knit. no i don't think she's ever knit all right well uh, linda suggests that the kids go hang out at the mall while she does her gig and uh, candace is excited because jeremy works at mr slushy burger and she wants to hang out and take weird creepy photos of him (laughs) without asking him which by the way can we just talk about like look i love candace but this is like crazy. Am, am I insane? I don't like it at creepy. all. It's Yeah. It's, yeah. It, it's, Except the it's one like, time that he poses. I feel like that would have been okay. But um, yeah, I mean, I mean, I mean, there was definitely, you definitely had that one point later in the episode where he's definitely posing for the picture. Um, and, and to some extent you can, you can almost give her like some bit of a pass because she's just like an obsessed teenager. The, the, you know, this is, how teenagers are um but no it's very it's very creepy uh, like like it's it's the uh, many of these pictures seem to be seem to be taken without his consent uh and she like blames it on other things uh so yeah yeah i i'd say it's it's definitely uh on the scale in in terms of being problematic the man yeah do his job <laughs> 
Yeah, especially like at work. If someone were to take a picture of me while I was at work, working yeah. like a retail job, I wouldn't be about that. Yeah. And there's like jobs that it's like, at least uh, I've been, I've worked in the TV industry very briefly because <laughs> pandemic, but um, like the one of the first things like everyone tells you is like, don't take photos with celebrities when they're on set or with you. Um, like be very respectful like don't go bragging because then that's like how people get fired mm-hmm. um so just like she also has a ton of pictures of him too like we, yeah. we see later in the episode what is she that, using like, that for it's it's so many that uh like it, her her phone is like 99 percent full that she has to decide between taking another picture of jeremy or taking a picture of phineas for evidence it's like yeah. that's that's too many pictures at that point very much so um but hey, maybe she needs it. Yeah, well, they're at the mall now. Linda is talking to the crowd, telling them to watch out for the crazy freeform jazz. Um, yeah. Oh, I thought this was going to be the the Parsnips episode. I'm like, wait, but JCR just talked about that. And that was like episode eight. But when she mentioned playing jazz band or whatever. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, we'll get to that when we get to that. Um, I guess it's more can... of, a, of, of a continuity thing that we just know that this this jazz combo that Linda is in is sort of a long-standing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Candace gives the boys some money and tells them to meet her back at the cafeteria or the food court while she goes to like harass Jeremy at work. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. Um, and then Phineas asks where perry is and then we get into where's perry is this the the vending machine one yes with this squeaky slide that needs to be greased yes yeah and And did anyone notice who oh sorry nathan go ahead it also has like a foot scanner at the bottom that perry like puts his foot up to it and scans it and that gets the door to open i 100 percent expected him to jump into the little um pull thing what's it called the, the, the where you get the snacks yeah um but did you did ever anyone notice who we got our first mention of oh yeah they mentioned carl we don't actually oh. see carl we see his hand but they uh, yeah we see his hand but yeah. but yeah i i also thought it was it was a funny little bit where where like perry's going down the slide and he's got like his arms crossed over his chest like a like a lifeguard will tell you to do at a at a at a swimming pool yeah mm-hmm. like, like we'll do when we go to disney world yeah, yeah exactly yes nathan's invited to our epcot disney world adventure all of the guests are um yeah and also the slide wasn't looped up properly so that was a thing as well uh and major monogram tells perry that dupe brought uh four helicopter blades 24 balloons and six thousand light bulbs and that uh, Doofenshmirtz is at an old cake factory. Uh, so there you go. Um, yeah, Carl mentioned. Okay. So let's move on back to where Candace is. Mm-hmm. And Candy, Candace goes to Jeremy and takes like a really creepy photo. She's like, oh, my phone is ringing or something. And then she takes a picture of him. Also, she takes the picture, like she has the flip phone, right? And yeah. so she takes it. Are these for her Tumblr? <laughs> she has a tumblr dedicated to jeremy pictures that's kind of creepy uh it's also kind of hilarious um but she takes it weird like because aren't the 
flippy foam parts like you can take it like with the buttons facing you but she does it facing it away from her i don't know how to explain yeah, this it's, yeah it's like it's like she's using the the self-facing cam instead of using like the the back facing camera like like you would if you're taking a picture of something else she uses like the selfie camera except like turns it around and uses the front facing camera to take a picture of jeremy yeah very odd decisions by candace i don't understand her this episode yeah she's in love that's i don't i don't know that she understands her decisions she's got a one-track mind right now well whatever well phineas while she's doing that phineas and ferb are seeing how long it takes for the top scoop of their ice cream cone to melt and hit the table and that's when we see baljeet for the first time love it love baljeet and this was like no, Buford has talked before. I was going to say this is Buford's first like dialogue, but no, he's talked before. Um, I love the progression of Buford as a character because like he's just like the he like he becomes the bully for everyone, and then later by the end he's like, I will mess you up, but only if you mess my friends up because like he's loyal and he'll defend them, but like he's not afraid to get down and dirty. But if only if you attack his friends and his uh-huh. squad. We have some really good feedback this week uh, from Giovanni. Who, who compared Buford to Harold from Hey, Ar- from hey Arnold, who like I had, I had not thought of this comparison before before it was mentioned, but, but it, it's a, a very good comparison. These are both like originally introduced as like bully characters, but then sort of the longer the show goes on, you find out that there's, there's sort of layers to them that they, they uh, turn out to be, you know, sweethearts whenever mm-hmm. they need to be. That they they just sort of have like this tough exterior to them, and a less um, a much less tough start than Karofsky from Glee. Yeah, <laughs> uh, but uh, yeah, I, I think it's a, a a really good comparison. Harold from Hey Arnold to, to Buford. Yeah, I was confused Harold um, with not Buster. Who's the guy from Arthur? The dog, the pug. Um, Billy, not Billy. Oh, oh. Yeah, I know who you're talking about. Arthur. Uh, uh, he's the same, like, like I want to say Ernie, but I don't think it's Ernie. Binky? Oh, I'm gonna f- Binky. Oh, man. Ooh, I feel bad Binky. for not knowing that. Yeah. I, I, I feel like Buford and Harold are in the same mold as Binky. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, Standing so... W for Kirsten. <laughs> <laughs> all right so uh Baljeet is studying because he has summer school and uh he's like asking Vinius and Ferb why aren't you studying and they're like well it's summer why would we study mm-hmm. and I guess that's when Buford arrives and sits on Baljeet and like what? tosses his disrespect homework, tosses his homework aside takes his drink and then Phineas is like uh I think that seat is taken and then Buford's like actually this entire table is taken get lost I was appalled the gall the nerve the cheek the the gumption no let's uh, talk amongst yourself I'm gonna find the quote the yeah he, he's he's really like mean to them and and uh, you know it's been established before that that Buford is a bully but it, this is where we get a very like Buford centric episode. Like, thank you, I, Nathan. I mean, for... the, the whole episode is named after him. So I guess. Yeah. Thank you, Nathan. Nathan, for is the that assist. why you wanted to do this episode? Because you're a bully. Wow. <laughs> Speaking of the cheek dinner of the gall, the audacity and the gumption, that was a shot. Yeah. No, no, I'm here for a conspiracy theory, not gonna lie. 
um, we'll, we'll get into <laughs> What's your that conspiracy later. theory? Um, well, we'll 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 get it into it later into the episode because it has to do with Duke and Sparks. So um, here for the backstory. I'm here for the backstory. Is it that Duvenschwartz is Jesus? Nope. (laughs) (laughs) Allegory for Jesus? No? Okay. Uh, But I can't wait to get into that in like a few minutes. Yeah. Um, So uh, Phineas accidentally drops his uh, bottom scoop of ice cream onto Buford's lap. And when he stands up, everyone in the food court laughs at him. And he takes very much a lot of offense to that is very humiliated and he then does challenges, not take this well yeah and then he challenges phineas to a fight but then the most random cameo ever happens with <laughs> vander hollyfield showing up being like don't worry phineas i will train you yeah, yeah. and, and uh, funny thing about uh, evander holyfield so one it is actually evander holyfield's voice uh, but two, you can see in his little animated character that he has a bite taken out of his right ear from <laughs> right. Like, the, the time in real life where Mike Tyson bit his ear off. <laughs> I did not catch that. Wow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So, 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 you know, Buford says like, hey, we're going to fight outside of the back of the mall at three o'clock, but don't be late. My mom's picking me up by four. So like a Vander Holyfield offers to to help train Phineas for this fight. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And everyone's on board with this except for Isabella and Baljeet. Isabella because she doesn't want Phineas to get hurt. And Baljeet because he's like, Do you remember the last or no, I think this was Isabella Isabella who said, Remember the last time when someone fought Buford and it cuts to like a some poor kid with like a toilet on their head. That traumatized me and I did not like that. It's like you all. won this round, Buford. I did not like that at all. Uh, and then I guess this is where we cut to like the one song of the episode. He's yeah, it's, a like, it's like a montage, kind of like the Rocky scene where he's like training mm-hmm. and everything. Um, but he's a bully. Are we gonna rank the song? Oh yeah, this okay. this song this song will rank. This okay, is maybe just the checking. only song will rank in this episode. Yeah, but it, yeah, there's there's a lot of very cool imagery going on where where they're like they're they're training for this fight, and and Buford is in this gym that's called like Wedgies, the gym for bullies. Yeah. Yeah. The one employee looks very like alert and like yeah. very terrified. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but this was literally the Rocky montage done Phineas and Ferb style. Um yeah. with like the training and stuff. Um like Phineas is like running up the escalator, like like Rocky in the mall? running up the stairs. <laughs> in the mall. <laughs> uh, but the, the the other really funny thing is like because in, in like Rocky, you've got the scene of him punching the meat. And and here you've got Buford punching like big things of meat, like Rocky would. And then it cuts to Phineas, and he's punching just like one chain of sausage links. It's like this much smaller thing of meat. Yeah. My my thought is, what kind of butcher would just let some kid come into his store in the mall and just start beating his meat? Whoa. Whoa. I thought we decided after a couple weeks ago we were we were going PG. I, I mean, that episode, I didn't agree to that. <laughs> Look, it runs in the family. Will <laughs> said that Perry eats ass. Nathan yeah. says some kid be a butcher's. I mean, meat, it know? depends on each episode. I feel like we'll take it an episode at a time. Yeah. Um, yeah. Also, like, 
I feel like if kids are going to skip certain episodes, this might be not because of us, but I feel like this is kind of a not memorable episode. And we'll get to it in our rankings, but like kids are going to want to hear the Gitchy Gitchy Goo episode or the um, or the Swinter. But I don't know if people are coming in to see the Thumb War. Although they're missing out on great content because Nathan is a star and people should cry if they don't hear that. Thank you. Right. Well, the song's over. Sad, yeah. sad, sad. Is this what we got to do for Schmertz? I'm so excited. Uh, well, the Fireside Girl, I believe oh, yeah. Millie hands out the uh, Brawl at the Mall flyers and then Candace sees one and then she's like, oh, I'm going to bust them and then crumples it up. And I'm like, why would you crumple up the flyer? Did you not learn from the roller coaster episode? <laughs> I have things to say. I have, I have Go off. things to say. Candace, my girl, my queen, we love you. We stand you. This is a pro Candace podcast. But what is the big deal of Phineas and Buford thumb wrestling? Like, why do you have to report? Why do you have to bother Miss Linda? She's playing her triangle. Yeah, they, She's having a good day. What the hell is wrong with you, lady? We had we had this thing happen a couple weeks ago. Oh, no, it was just last week where, where Candace is like, oh, I'm telling mom. And Phineas is like, okay, tell her what? Uh, well, this is it, it's another like tell her what thing it's like what are you gonna tell her that Phineas is standing up for his friend getting bullied like that's yeah. a good thing yeah Linda did not even, deserve even better even if, if I was a parent and I would I would much rather someone my child come up to me and tell me that my other child was standing up for his friend than I would them tell me that uh, my child is a pop star now yeah. Also, um, Candace, it's a thumb wrestle. <laughs> like it's may, might be one thing if Buford is beating the life out of Phineas, but my girl, they're literally playing. Um, I was gonna make a reference, but I can't remember. Patty cake. <laughs> this is this is the other the other very good good subversion of this episode because you know Buford says, "Hey, let's fight out behind out behind the mall." You go through this training montage where it looks like they're just like doing boxing training. I mean, Evander Holyfield is there, but then whenever you actually get to the fight itself, the brawl at the mall, uh, it's just a thumb wrestle. Yeah. Yeah, well, whatever. Let's go on to what Perry and Doofenshmirtz are doing. So Perry walks into the abandoned cake factory where he's immediately trapped in like a vat of cake batter that yeah. like emerges from the floor and then Doofenshmirtz tells Perry that it's his birthday so you know happy birthday Doofenshmirtz hope it's a great one uh 2021 will definitely be your year I don't know <laughs> and then he goes on to say that uh Perry will be trapped in the cake batter because the yeast will rise up and he will basically be buried alive in it talk about um, a yeast infection nope that <laughs> <laughs> yeah i'm putting this i I just said it like a few minutes ago i'm putting the explicit one on this one so i was like okay let's go there okay perfect yeah um and then we get into doofenshmirtz's uh uh, tragic anime backstory um does anyone want to go into this one nathan you said you had thoughts on it so why don't you go into it thoughts on it okay so so he he talks about um, how all of his birthdays in his life have just been terrible. Um, m- most notably, that his parents don't even show up to his own birth. 
That was my favorite part. I howled. I this cackled. That's why I thought you were said he was going to be Jesus because I was like, is he an immaculate conception? But then I'm like, wait, but there's no mother. Like this, this has got to be the number one backstory just for just for this one joke that his parents didn't show up to his birth. But but so anyways, the the fact that his parents did not show up to his birth just got me thinking. So if I may, we're we're going down the rabbit hole. Okay, go go for it. So so I I looked it up on on the wiki, um, on the Phineas and Ferb wiki. Um, it was not updated since like the show had premiered. So um, the show came out in 2007, and according to this wiki, Doofenshmirtz is 47 at the time. I am. Um, so, okay. I did not expect that. Yeah, I, I don't know how we got there, but that's what it said. So so you do the math there. That would mean he was born in about 1960, so, somewhere around there, and so. Then I also thought his mother giving birth to him in 1960, because whenever, whenever they show his parents not being at the hospital, you clearly see that his distinct triangle-shaped head is, is still intact. He, he has that very prominent jawline. And I was also thinking that that could not be comfortable for a mother to be given birth to. A, a big, yeah, that sounds painful. A, a big triangle head to be coming coming out of his mother. Um, so I figured he he probably was birthed via C-section, um, assuming that that is a thing at the time. So then I looked that up, and the average cost is somewhere from eight to fifteen thousand dollars. Okay, and that is a lot of money which his parents clearly do not have based on all the other backstories. They're very poor. They, they can't afford hardly anything. Maybe Drusselstein has universal health care. That would be true. <laughs> they're, Maybe it's like Canada where like, you don't have to pay to like, give birth. But I mean, sorry like, to interrupt. I mean, it's fine. Yeah. But <laughs> I, I was just thinking that, it, it, she was literally trying to put a triangle-shaped square, a, a triangle-shaped block through a very small round hole, and that that's just not going to work. So, get, given the amount of pain that she went through and the amount of money it probably would cost for her to stay in the hospital like this, they probably just pieced out. Like this baby is born, we're out of here. We can't spend any more money. The, this baby has caused me enough trouble. That's a theory. So I so don't know. She, she is just not there for the birth. She she is out. Peace yeah. out, Deuce. Also, yeah, yeah, I, I mean, was just, yeah. Oh, go ahead. No, kid. go ahead. I was gonna say he was a very sentient being if he was there and like remembers that his parents weren't there. Yeah. It's like like I I I'm guessing like most people remember nothing about the day I was born. Um <laughs> it's where I like I don't know. Maybe this yourself, is maybe this is apocryphal. <laughs> maybe it's like he he's known to hate his brother, his brother Roger Doofenshmirtz. Maybe this is a story where like Roger told him that nobody was there when he was born, and like like how how the all the jokes where like kids telling their their younger siblings that they're adopted or something. Maybe it's like that. Maybe it was like 
And I don't, I don't know if Roger is older or younger. Roger's maybe the raging is, bully, if that's the case. Um, but I don't know. I don't like. It, there's so much to question about the logistics here. Lot, we can just agree that Doofenshmirtz had a toxic home life. Like, he and really I, did. I, I, I feel for him. But that does not excuse the. Uh, we'll get to it. But they innate are naming and yeah. So all, 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 all of, all of that is, is like. Only like the first sentence of his tragic backstory. He yeah. talks about how, uh, you know, when whenever he's five years old, by the age of five, he has to start planning his own surprise parties. Uh, and he's at this party at uh, at Gunther Goat Cheeses, which is which is like the, the <laughs> Brusselstein version of Chuck E. Cheese's. Yeah. Um, yeah. And with Chicago, go- like- uh, Chicago oh. Joe. Yeah. It's, it's all, all his favorite characters. You've got Count Wolfgang. You've got Betty the Sheboar, you've got Rat Putin, and you've got the Lyskins, Olga and Chicago Joe. Who are these and Chicago Joe shows Lyskins. up in the next episode. Bo- both of them do. Both, oh, they do? Both Olga and Chicago they, Joe they come back. Can I just say that animatronics are ugly as hell, and they oh, deserve they, to die? They are creepy. They're, How dare you I talk mean, about my friends, the small world children? <laughs> they literally made a video game about how terrifying animatronics are. Yeah, I guess maybe that's the next sequel to Five Nights at Freddy's. It's yeah. Five Nights at Gunther Goat Cheeses. <laughs> Let's see if I can pull up my tweet because I'm going to uh, update a tweet that I once had and I will uh, talk amongst yourselves while I do this. Yeah. Sure. And also in the backstory, uh, Doofenshmirtz like walks his dungleberry cake or dunkleberry cake. Yeah, dunkleberry yeah. cake back home, and like the dunkleberry bats just like attack him. <laughs> mm-hmm. So yeah, that was great. And then we the dunkleberry bats. Uh-huh. Perry, get out of this mess. So uh, Perry uses uh, the whistles that he has, a gadget or pouch full of like different animal summoning whistles. And so he tries to blow on one and then like a giant whale just like crashes into the mm-hmm. abandoned factory. And he's like, oh, I swapped them out. And then he swaps them out and then he gets the other one. And then he summons the dunkleberry bats and they like eat him out of the vat of of uh, batter and then ascend him up to follow Doofenshmirtz. Mm-hmm. Um, I, guess, I guess we mentioned what, what Doofenshmirtz's backstory was, but we didn't mention his evil plot for the episode. Yeah, so his uh, Doofenshmirtz's plot is revealed that he has a yeah, an invention called the Slavenator, which okay. makes the crowds uh, do whatever he wants, and he wants them to cheer him on for his birthday, and he also programmed cleanup so that he doesn't have yeah. to clean up his own birthday party. <laughs> will, Can I talk will, about uh, this quickly? After yeah, after you finish your talk. Uh, so he calls it the Slavenator, right? Mm-hmm. I did not like that. And I feel like that kind of undermines like the real experience of like slavery in all countries. But I, I, I don't know. That does not hold up. I don't know if it held up at the time, but I yeah, just wish there was another name. Yeah, I was I was gonna say we could we could get into this whenever we rank the innators that that uh, it's hundred percent less for me. That uh well so the the idea is is a good idea the backstory really adds a lot to it uh it just needs a rebrand if it has a new name i think it's it's good there's yeah. gotta be a better way to name that thing like of all terms slave no yeah yeah i don't i don't know i don't know yeah like he already had the like termite controlling helmet i i don't know if he calls this any sort of like mind control thing or a 
Mind um, controlinator. Yeah, it, yeah. It, it's very much like uh, it's a lot like The Incredibles too. Uh, sort of, sort of the the thing that uh, man, I don't remember the character from The Incredibles too. But the the bad guy in The Incredibles too has has the thing that they're like um, mind controlling. Not LimeWire. What's Evelyn. television screens? Or are you talking about the other? Are you talking about Evelyn or like the Evelyn? But like yeah. the character name. Uh, yeah. yeah. Where she's like, like, like screen slaver. controlling people. Yes. Screen slaver. Yeah, that's that's exactly what's going on here. Is is that he's you know brainwashing people through through a screen. Yeah, no, that also did not age well. Um, I I just am on my Twitter trying to find this tweet, and holy hell, I'm annoying on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> no, you're great. Um, I'm trying to find it because I want to update that tweet. And instead of saying Buford and Belgier are the true OTP, I want to say um, uh, Olga and Chicago Joe. Olga and Chicago <laughs> Joe. Uh, so we're actually at the fight now. Yeah, we're at the fight. Uh, the as the bats carry uh-huh. Perry off towards Doofenshmirtz, he flies over the ring, and they're about to start. And Candace is trying to get a flyer from the Fireside Girls, but they've run out. So she's like, "You know what? I'm gonna do the thing that I should do for pretty much any time I want to bust my brothers by taking a picture." And so yeah. she tries to go <laughs> and take a picture. And she passes Jeremy and wants to take another like weird picture of him, but this time he's actually posing. But she's running out of memory, and instead of you know deleting one of the other pictures that she has, she's just like, oh, "I need to save my one last day's memory Which, for." By the way, these getting- these other pictures of Jeremy she has are not good pictures. No, they like, like uh, aren't none of full them, pictures of none his None of face. them. He's none of them he's posing none of them he's even smiling none of them he's like looking at the camera he's he's always like got got some sort of like looking off into space or looking in multiple directions or like dazed and confused look on his face that's like that this one good picture of jeremy would probably be worth you know a couple dozen of the bad ones I don't know. Uh, yeah, don't that know was my point exactly. She could have just deleted the <laughs> the Jer- picture she already had of Jeremy on her phone. Yeah. But no, she doesn't. So, you know, whatever. Candace is going to Candace. Uh, this episode was not great for her. No. Yeah. Also, the, the cool thing about the uh, the thumb wrestling fight is, is the announcer slash referee. Uh, they actually got the voice of Michael Buffer. Who is who's like the the well known boxing announcer who's who's like known for saying let's get ready to rumble. Oh, okay. Uh, that that guy is is the guy who they got for this. Episode. So so really, they got two really great cameos in this episode with with. Oh, Michael yeah, Buffer I didn't know about Vander the Holyfield. announcer at all. That was yeah. really cool. Um, yeah. Was there anything else we want to talk about this? Or are we ready to move on back to period? Uh, just just like the the. The picture, or the the picture that Jeremy's posing for is very funny, uh, because like he's he's sort of like standing on one foot and balancing, and it looks like he's got like these sodas are balanced on top of each other, and these corn dogs are ba- balanced on top of each other and standing on end. Uh, like he wants Candace to take a picture of this because it looks impressive, and then he sees her walk by and he just kind of like sets his other hand down and puts his arms down to his side, and you can see that like the the corn dogs that he had like balancing or just like like glued to his arms or glued to each other or something like they're still all stuck together but they're they're just like he, he, he was faking it all of the balancing uh, it's, it's like a fun little little visual thing 
yeah, that probably would have been a worthwhile picture, but oh well. So meanwhile, back to Perry and Doofenshmirtz. Perry reaches Doof on the screen flavor jumbotron thing that he has going on. And uh, uh, Perry and B- or Phineas and Buford start their fight, and Buford is kicking Phineas's butt. Is that fair to say? Oh yeah, it's yeah. not even close. What's it called? The Boston Shakedown or something? Uh, the Boston Belt Sander. Belt Sander. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, maybe Phineas should have gone to the bullying uh, gym and gotten his yeah. training done there. <laughs> should have gone to Wedgie's. I mean, yeah. I find the Boston Belt Sander to be an illegal move, if I'm being honest. <laughs> it's it's very clear, like, whatever whatever they show uh, Buford's face of him, like, feeling triumphant, like, drilling um, Phineas's thumb into the into the mat or whatever, it's very clear that his he has removed his arm from the ring. Like, yeah. what, whatever there is a hole in the ring specifically for their thumbs and all of a sudden his arm is all the way over the ropes drilling down onto Phineas's thumb how is that fair yeah I I mean I guess when you're a bully you don't gotta play by the rules yeah true there's another funny thing that uh I very rarely like keep track of of sort of the the beat by beat things of what's happening every time Perry and Doofenshmirtz fight each other it's usually just like, oh, there's there's some punching going on and some kicking going on. Um, but this one, Perry has like two of those like party noisemakers that like you blow through them and the paper sort of rolls out. And he's like blowing in these two noisemakers that are hitting Doofenshmirtz in the face. Uh, that, that was another uh, a good visual that I, and a good bit of animation that I enjoyed. Yeah, and uh, in between the uh, thumb wrestling rounds, uh, Evander Holyfield is like trying to give Phineas like a pep talk, and even he's yeah. like starting like I don't think this is gonna work out for you. <laughs> it's, it's not going well. <laughs> yeah, and so Candace also finally gets there, takes a picture. Of course, she doesn't bother to check. Hey, did I actually get a good shot? Is my thumb covering the lens, perhaps? Mm-hmm. But no, she's like, okay, I got it. I hey, Phineas is in the phone, just to be clear. Like, she, she covers half of Phineas's face, but she still gets some of it. Yeah, but you can't see what he's doing. Oh, of so course it not. But it's, it's very reminiscent of, of the race car episode where, where Candace gets the souvenir photo and doesn't check it before she goes to show her mom that it actually is like some, some bit of like conclusive evidence. Yeah, and like in between Linda's sets, she goes and shows her the picture and Linda's like, that's your thumb. And she, Candace is just like, whatever, I'm dragging you with me to outside the mall to go see for yourself. Um, so uh, we, I guess we go back to Doofenshmirtz. Doof plans to uh, smush Perry's face with ice cream. But then Perry summons a whale using the whistles and the whale like knocks over the ice cream overboard. And yeah. it, it's Phineas in the face. <laughs> it lands on Phineas, and, and Buf- Buford is like, "This is this is good. You you now both of us have ice cream has fallen on us. We have both been publicly humiliated. Uh, we're even Stephen." He says, this "Yeah." Says yeah, and Perry uses the distraction to get back onto the on top of the jumbotron thing. Mm-hmm. Um. So uh, meanwhile, Buford, uh, yeah. So the propeller detaches from the the, the slavenator. 
Um, and then, uh, uh, what's his face? Doofenshmirtz carries himself off and he's able to save himself with his balloons, I guess. And Perry follows him. Um, and then I guess more action ensues. I'm very bad at writing out the action scene. Uh-huh. Basically, in, in, in the scuffle, they, they hit the button, the uh, like cleanup button that Doofenshmirtz had planned earlier. Uh, so all of the people who are watching the brawl at the mall, they, they get you know, hypnotized or, or, or mind controlled or whatever to, to you know, start cleaning up. So they, they start cleaning up the, the boxing ring and everything. And someone's like, oh, I'll, I'll take care of the whale. They, yeah. They go to clean up the whale <laughs> by yourself. Yeah, and then, of course, uh, Candace shows up with her mom only to find that everything, the fight's over, everything's been cleaned up, and Linda is uh, not pleased with this. Mm-hmm. So th- this is at least something I have written down on my on my Candace Gaslight watch for the episode. Uh, is, is And... and some of this is is partially her fault, uh, the the taking the picture with her thumb covering the lens, uh, but also it's like the fact that people cleaned it up so quickly, I I think is one of the things where where we would normally track as as part of the Candace Gaslight watch here. Yeah, but honestly, this wasn't a bustable offense. She didn't. Not she really. didn't have to bust her brothers every time. Like I think yeah. we'll get more into this as we cover more episodes. But not everything needs to be busted, Candace. True. Uh, anyway, Buford asks Phineas if he wants to do another thumb wrestling match, but Phineas says that you know we just do something different every day. We keep moving forward. Uh-huh. And then uh, Ferb says a line here, and I actually wrote it down. He says, sharks have to continue to move forward or they're drown. And then Buford takes offense to this, I guess. Yeah. It's like, are you calling me a shark? Yeah. And then, but Finney, Ferb uses some sort of like maneuver to like get to like, I don't like know. A, like a nerve pinch or something like yeah, that. Yeah. Something like that. Like and he like passes point. out. Yeah. And Buford passes out and he's like, well, what happened? And then Ferb says, well, he was all up in my face. And I guess that's the end of the episode. Yeah, it kind of ended yeah. abruptly. It really did. Yeah. The, yeah. the other funny thing I have written down is, is whenever uh, Buford is like making up with, with Phineas, he calls him Dinner Bell. He gives him the nickname <laughs> Dinner Bell. Just like, because he has a triangle shaped head. That, that made me laugh a lot. But yeah, I think, I think that's it for the episode. Yeah. This no. one had, had like, a lot more iconic things than I remembered it having going into it. I, yeah. I, I, if you had asked me before, I didn't know that this was Valjeet's debut. I wouldn't have told you that this was the episode with the the backstory of his his parents not showing up to his birth, uh, which which I think is is my favorite it, it, at least my favorite backstory so far. We'll we'll see. It's how not hard. There's only that in the uh, doom in the gnomes. Right, right. But but it it might for a while be one of my more favorite backstories so this episode all in all it was okay um but i think it had it had had a lot of uh iconic things in it yeah but yes i i agree that this this episode was iconic um his backstory was absolutely hilarious yeah Um, Mm I want to know Definitely who would the win. Better, the better part of the episode here is the is the different stuff. Yeah, that's easily the best part. Easily, of the episode. who would win a thumb war, Will or Nate? Nathan, I don't know if you go by Nate. Sorry, I go by Nathan. Nathan, Nathan or William, who would win? 
Uh, I don't know. He he's very good at Mario Party, so I feel yeah. like he has the the hand dexterity more thumb. than I do. You have a wet thumb. A nimble thumb. Oh. Yeah, well, seeing as how I know Nathan the best out of all of us, I say he's got this in the bag. Thank you. Uh, that's fine. We'll have to have our own our own brawl at the mall in in Epcot. At Epcot, yeah. Um, which country? I want to see it. Ooh. I want to see it in um France. Me that's too. what I'm thinking Morrison. too. By the by, the Eiffel Tower. Works yeah. Okay. Well, we'll take a quick break and we'll be back after this song. Okay, welcome back, everybody. We're going to be talking about uh, what is this? Lights, Candace action. Lights, Candace action. Okay, I've I've got a lot of notes on this, but I think it's I, I think there's even less in this, this episode. episode. Felt like five minutes long. Not yeah, really. Did. Yeah. And and I I think I think it was actually longer than the other episode, but it did not feel that way. Yeah. Uh, so so broad strokes of what happens in this episode, and and. We may or may not stop down on some specifics, but broad strokes is that, you know, Candace uh, is, has been trying out these lines for her drama club uh, for, for her favorite play, the princess, the princess sensibilities, man, that's, that's really is a tongue twister, the princess sensibilities. Yeah. Is that a play on sense and sensibility or like, I I think it is a little bit. I also think it's probably like princess and the frog or princess and the pea Mm -hmm. or whatever. Yeah. That makes sense. Uh, so so Candace Candace is is trying her lines for for this play. Uh, she finds out that they're shooting a movie of this play nearby, so she goes to audition for the play. Uh, come to find out that Phineas and Ferb are directing the play, and they want to turn it into yeah. the Curse of the Princess Monster. Uh, so she's starring in this in this movie about the Curse of the Princess Monster, uh, which is not at all what she expected the movie to be. Uh, and then and then at the same time. Uh, Doofenshmirtz has has gone quiet, so so Perry is going to investigate Leave why. Leave my man alone. He was just honestly, making some cheese. Honestly, uh, you know Perry goes to investigate why Doofenshmirtz is so quiet. Turns out he's just trying to make some cheese. Yeah. Uh, he, he's trying to make some cheese, and he invents uh, the the age acceleratorinator to advance the aging process of this cheese. Um, and, and in the process, you know, Perry eats all of his cheese and they, they fight each other and, and then they, they, the age accelerate, age accelerator inator shoots all of these teens who are, who are screening the movie and the teens turn into like senior citizens, the senior citizens say they hate the movie. Uh, so, so the movie, oh, yeah, the movie's done, the movie's scrapped. Uh, so, so Phineas and Ferb turn it into their own little YouTube monster movie, uh, and it gets very popular, and people start recognizing Candace as the the swamp monster of Danville. And that's the end of the episode. There it is in two minutes. 
Yay! Okay. What's it called? Uh, the age nader nader Age accelerator innator. Which is a mouthful. This is this is definitely one of the more like like ridiculously named innators where you or if you can this is kind of where they start just adding innator to the end of everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which I think is is kind of iconic. Uh, so we can we can go maybe a little bit slower through it this time. So so Candace is is like reading these lines. And these lines are are I think supposed to be almost like like Shakespeare lines. So yeah. so her line she says to think to dream and whether tis nobler to love I know not. Uh, and I think both of these are are kind of like parodies in some way of like the Hamlet uh, to be or not to be speech. Mm-hmm. It's like whether tis nobler in the mind to suffer the slings and arrows of outrageous fortune or something, something like that. I th- I think these are both like making uh, like sort of referencing that speech. So it feels like a very sort of Shakespearean play that she's that she's auditioning for. Yeah, honestly, I don't remember any of the Shakespeare we covered. All I remember is in 12th grade, we did cover Hamlet and we all got assigned parts and I was Rosencrantz and my best friend in class was Guildenstern and then we both died. And we were like the best part of that class. We stand. I have a Shakespeare story. Sure. I was in a comedy of errors and I played the nun slash, I think her name is Amelia, the birth mother of the twins. um, Okay. One of the twins or whatever. Um, and they made me a drunk nun and it was fun. And I had Yay! a Southern accent and I was in drag and it was fun. Great time. One of the most soothing feelings is getting put stage makeup put on you. I don't know mm-hmm. if either of you, like just soothing. You're just in the chair and maybe I was born to be on stage. <laughs> <laughs> I never, I never have had stage makeup put on me, but I imagine it'd be like a similar feeling of like getting a haircut or something like that or, or like having someone else shampoo your hair that is an incredibly nice also feeling. a weirdly yeah. soothing feeling yeah. is when like the the doctor's like breathe in breathe out like and the, the whole te- <laughs> not yeah. the telescope the third what's it called stethoscope stethoscope the cold thing is like on your body and they're like i don't know it just feels like soothing yeah i don't know is that weird whatever don't kink shame no i know what you mean <laughs> okay. everyone's into something um okay so so uh uh candace walks outside after after practicing these lines and and she sees that that phineas and fur were are making this like miniature monster movie where they have like a a monster uh it's all like a very small scale like they have this monster puppet in this toy city of this almost like it's almost like they're trying to make like a small kaiju movie or something mm-hmm. it's like godzilla like character is is sort of terrorizing the city or maybe yeah. it's a gorilla i i typed in gorilla but i think that's i i think that auto corrected godzilla i think it was i think i typed in godzilla in my notes maybe you just mis- misspelled nathan okay <laughs> <laughs> nathan are you gonna just take that <laughs> no nathan fight back fight back we can here. Here's my phone. I haven't had dinner on time. Oh, okay. I You're won. talking away from the mic. I can't hear you. Oh well, I won. Okay. Okay. <laughs> I, I don't know why it didn't pick me up. That's great. Uh, so so Candace, she she goes to to 
um, well, they they find out that uh, that uh, the movie's being shot downtown. They're shooting the movie version of this play that that Candace loves. Uh, so she she just like wants to go and see if she can be in the movie. She just like talks to the producer of the movie and was like, "Hey, I want to be in your movie." And, and he's, he's like, like "Well, no. <laughs> well, he's like, well, my lead actress just quit, so we do need someone." So she she reads the the only two lines that she knows. He's like, "Well, you already know your lines." But she'll uh, so she'll work sure. for free, right? Yeah, yeah, which is like a terrible idea. Literally, like, is- get. The Union Standard, lady. You are an actor. Screen Actors Guild, that shit. Sorry. Ooh. Yeah. <laughs> At least get paid scale. Yeah. But yeah, I wanted to talk about that too. That she, that the director's like, well, you do know your That lines. is child. She said, she said two lines. She, what do you, she what only do knew two lines. lines. She, no, wonder, no wonder the lead actress quit. You're an idiot. There's also like child laws, labor laws that he's not following. Uh, yeah, she should be compensated. Her mother isn't there, like for legal. Did she contract. even sign a contract? No, this uh, she probably like does some... get a contract, but not at not at this point. Honestly, um, this is a sketchy movie site. Like, is this like a commentary on how the Disney Channel original movie? <laughs> <laughs> Did, did Ashley Tisdale do High School Musical for free? Uh, <laughs> I hope she not. get paid enough. She deserves a lot of money for her work. Um, but uh, is uh, I feel attacked. I feel attacked. No, I was gonna say this is like those people who want to be like actresses, and then they find a Craigslist ad, and then it's not <laughs> what they think at all. Yeah. Uh. So. So. Um the the producer's like oh, okay great um you know if if my lead actress i don't have to pay an actress i can use this money to hire the hottest new directors in town uh of course we know who those directors are going to be um but but before we get the reveal that that phineas and ferb are actually directing the movie uh candace is like sitting down and and like getting ready for for going on set and like someone's doing her hair and someone's doing her makeup and and someone comes up and he's like, here's here's your contract and your bagel, uh, and here's your your dialogue coach Antoine, and your your swimming stand-in named Nikki. She apparently has like a stand-in for all of the the swimming scenes in this movie. Yeah. Do you think when she uh, got the contract and the bagel, she was like, seeds, baby, seeds, baby? <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what uh, the the sketchy Craigslist guy said. Seeds, baby. So she can then uh, go and film her scenes, baby. Yeah, good one. Uh, <laughs> uh, but then the the last thing is her her personal trainers are uh, these Lyskins, Olga and Chicago Joe. <laughs> Love them. Just it's Olga like, Chicago. It's like these tiny little these tiny little lice. Who one of them just says like charmed, I'm sure, and the other one's like like drop and give me twenty. Um, I think it was Chicago Joe that says drop and give me twenty. Mm-hmm. Um, but uh, you know Candace is upset. That, that Phineas and Ferb are the directors. Uh, she's like, aren't, aren't they a little young to be Hollywood directors? And and the producer's like, I don't care if they're in diapers. If they got a uh, hundred million hits on their website, they, I don't care how young they are. Yeah. Yet another issue with this director. Bad this decision. man needs to be in jail. Maybe that, that's that's Bad like a commentary on on you know the current 
uh, a climate of social media where, yes. where like, you know, you see all these like failed projects that, that like the DeBellio sisters have been in, or like if, if they tried to make a TV show with Addison Ray just because she's popular that like, like these shows, they, they get these, these young people who have huge followings, but uh, if they're not actually good or talented, then, uh, you know, they're doomed to fail. I have something to say. Yes. This man, worse than Will Schuster, and needs to be in prison immediately. <laughs> that's, that's, that's hard to be worse than Will Schuster. I mean, <laughs> very hard, but he does this it, man he does is. It. Um, we also get another cool, cool bit of uh, Isabella is like Phineas and Ferb's agent. Yeah. Uh, so like she's on the phone with a bunch of like movie producers and directors and, and there's a scene of her being this like important business lady, uh, which which is very, very fun. Yeah, no, uh, I love that scene. I love that she was just a hard ass and was like, no, really you're going to meet my demands. Uh, <laughs> yeah. It kind of reminds me of like, I feel like there was a Drake and Josh episode where Megan teamed up with them to like be either their mm -hmm. agent or something like she had more like they worked together and she was like no you get me what I want now and stuff like that uh -huh. um so uh Perry goes to stop Dr. Duvenschmertz even though he hasn't been doing anything yeah just uh, leave the man alone he like he like breaks down his door <laughs> he breaks down his door um and and Duvenschmertz is like Perry the platypus this time you're gonna pay and he's like, no, seriously, you broke through my wall, even though it was just unlocked. You could have knocked first. Uh, you're going to pay. So Perry gives him money for the door. And he's like, well, it's not just drywall. That door is solid oak. And so Perry gives him a little bit more money. Yeah, I think uh, the, the money he gives him first are like all ones. And then like when he gives him more money, they're all tens. Yeah. <laughs> okay. I feel like he still probably didn't give him enough money. For, no. For Doors are probably more expensive than I think they are. I don't know how much a door costs. Yeah. I would, if you made me guess, I would probably guess too low. I don't remember if Navi talked about this in the last episode, but I also just loved a little moment of Candace giving Phineas and Ferb, like, here's your money, squirrels. Get out. <laughs> like, <laughs> here's your cut. <laughs> like, um, just like a quick aside, because I don't remember if I added my input, even if you talked about it. But that just kind of reminded me of like the money for the doors and the money for Phineas and Ferb, their budget. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, so, so Doofenshmirtz says he's, you know, he's given up evil to pursue the art of of cheese making, and he's he's making oh, this King. this family recipe of stinky Limburger cheese. Um, but the only problem is this cheese has to has to age for fifty eight and a half years. Who uh, tracks this stuff and realizes like aged cheese, aged like the, like what if multiple generations die if it's like a two hundred year old aged wine? Like, yeah, I don't know. Like, do they like? I don't know if the record keeping in the 1790s. Like, especially because like the record keeping now, you would probably put things in a computer. Yeah. Uh, but they didn't do that whenever they started aging it. So I don't know. Are they oh. still like carving into stones? Like, like maybe <laughs> this is when it started. I, I don't know if it's, if it's a very aged thing. Uh, so, so he invents the, the age accelerator innator to, to make this cheese age faster. Um, and it, it, at this point here, here we get, you know, a, a bunch of scenes in a row of of Candace filming, uh, and then really kind of kind of like not treating her well on the scene. 
Like, it, a, a lot of things that you would expect they would have, like, a stunt double for or something. Uh, but but Candace is, like, dressed up as the princess monster, and they're, they're like, throwing uh, toy airplanes at her. They're to- throwing plumbing supplies at her. They yeah, this, what like, is starving the starving monkey to chase after her. Yeah, what is the budget of this movie? Like, it, it seems pretty cheaply made. I mean, they're filming yeah. in Danville, so probably not great. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> they're probably getting that uh, tax credit. Tax incentives, yeah. Mm. Um, I, I, wa- I did want to say that when the plumbing falls on Candace, Buford was somewhere standing silently. <laughs> <laughs> there, there was a, f- a funny line when they're, whenever they're throwing the, the like, sinks at her and things. They're like, it's the, the space armada from the planet plumbing supplies. <laughs> it's attacking Candace the monster. Yeah. See, and then the, the very last thing they do, which is, which is like terribly evil, as like, okay, now you're going to be attacked by 800 cubic feet of rats, spiders, and snakes. And then Candace is like, obviously upset that they're about to pour all of these things on her. And Phineas is like, oh, relax. They're made out of rubber. And then she walks away. He's like, well, at least the snakes are. Uh, so she, she still gets like real spiders and real rats dumped on her just for the filming of this movie. Yeah, and forced uh, method acting there. Yeah, it's like all of these things. I feel like they they could have had a stunt double or CGI to do it instead. Especially because we'll we'll see later that that like so much of this gets fixed in the editing room anyway. I feel like Phineas and Ferb just used this opportunity to mess with Candace because they were like, we we know she's gonna want to be in this movie real bad, so let's just change it and just beat her up, pretty much. Like, that's what it seems like it seems it seems pretty like deliberately the evil on their part yeah you could argue that, that phineas and ferb are more evil than doofenshmirtz in this episode yeah because like what what is candace gonna do complain she really wants to be in this movie candace needs to go to the union <laughs> really yeah she if she were in the union she would get paid non-zero money <laughs> and she wouldn't have all these live animals attacking her uh, so they they have one one more scene where like they're they're like pouring this magical dust on Candace and there's like a like a wind machine and they say they're they're gonna dump flower petals on her but instead it's it's more plumbing supplies uh, and it's it's to the point where like she forgets her lines and and like doesn't do her lines very well uh, but they they end up fixing it all in post. Um, and this like post edited scene of Candace is, is very funny what the like final cut of the movie looks like mm-hmm. uh, because it, it's like an actual like real life photo of a castle and then it's a real life photo of Ashley Tisdale like fake moving her mouth uh, to where Candace yeah. actually looks like real mm-hmm. life Ashley Tisdale. Yeah, it's like Angela Anaconda-esque that animation yeah. of moving. <laughs> Which, which I found the post edit uh, to be very hilarious because wh- whenever I was younger, when this show first came out, I didn't know much about actresses, actors, things like that. So I never, I never got that reference um, the first time I watched it. But th- them using Ashley Tisdale's real face, who is also the voice of Candace in the actual show, what, was such a great reference and I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, that was great. 
Um, so yeah, they, they fix it all in post. Candace looks like Ashley Tisdale. Uh, she really loves it. Uh, they're going to go screen the movie. Uh, they're, they're sort of showing it to this focus group of teens. And he says, you know, a lot's riding on this. Uh, if, if the audience loves it, we're good to go. If the audience hates it, we're cutting the movie. Uh, so this is, this is where Doofenshmirtz and Perry are now fighting. Uh, Doofenshmirtz shows that the, the age accelerator in Ader can work. Uh, he first does it like on this baby who's on a seesaw and turns it into this like giant baby. Um, but then he, he does it on the cheese and he, he makes the cheese and he's like, uh, you know, I'll, I'll give Perry the platypus some of the cheese. Um, but, you know, be warned, it's really good cheese. You're, you're going to want to eat a lot of it. Um, so, so, you know, Perry, Perry eats all of the cheese and Doofenshmirtz gets mad that he eats all of the cheese. Uh, so he's, he's like, I, you know, I, had, I invented this for cheese making purposes, uh, but now you've forced me to wield it in anger. Uh, and this mm-hmm. is where, where they're, they're sort of struggling and he, he shoots the audience of the, the screening of the movie and they become old people who really hate the movie. Yeah, I'm surprised that Perry ate the entire thing of cheese. I didn't think he would be a cheese guy. Yeah, it was like, I mean, granted, I, I like sympathize with him. I myself can eat a lot of cheese. Me too. Uh, like I, a charcuterie is like my thing. I love it. Yeah, yeah but no. In fact, I had only it. cheese for dinner yesterday. <laughs> I had I had some some really good. Uh, so I always say cheese and crackers. I had okay. some pretty good pretty good uh, 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 white cheddar cheese that I got from Trader Joe's. Mm-hmm. Uh, and on this white cheddar cheese, I put some like uh, balsamic vinegar on top of it. Uh, and then Trader Joe's also has these crackers that are uh, raisin and rosemary crackers. Um, mm-hmm. which are really tasty. And, and really good with this cheese. And that's that's what I had for dinner yesterday. Yeah, I will say if uh, when we're allowed to travel again, I would like to go to the ever fabled uh, Trader Joe's because we don't have those where I live. Yeah, yeah. that's a good point. So we can also make a pit stop there on our way to Epcot. For sure. Uh so uh, this is the part that that the rest of this episode feels kind of like yada yada eat to me, where we're like. Uh, nothing huge really happens. It's just a lot of them trying to tie up the loose ends of the episode. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the innator blows up. It makes both Doofenshmirtz and Perry very old, but Perry the platypus is wearing this age accelerator innator proof suit. So he doesn't actually turn old, uh, but Doofenshmirtz is old. And he's like, oh, I'm, I'm going to go to bed. It's already 4.30. <laughs> uh, so he's, he's old and going to bed early. Uh, and then turns out Phineas and Ferb remade the movie as as the the swamp monster of Danville, and they they posted it to their website and it's getting a ton of hits. Uh, and and Phineas is like, oh, ev- everyone we know has seen this. And you know, Candace is upset at first because like it makes her look like this monster and not like the princess she wanted to look like. Uh, so she's she's kind of worried that you know everyone's gonna see it and think she's some monster. Uh, and and Phineas says. You know, fame is fleeting, and Ferb's like, but the internet is forever. Uh, and that's that's how the episode ends. There's there's a credit scene where like everyone notices Candace as the Swamp Monster of Danville, but they mm-hmm. think it's actually like really cool that she's yeah. this this monster character in the movie. Um, but that's that's kind of it. That's how that's how the episode ends. Any, yes. any thoughts on it? 
I mean, it was like a pretty, you know, whatever mm-hmm. episode. I would even go as far as to say it's like below average. I don't know. Uh, Nathan, I think so too. You, yeah. What did you think, yeah. Nathan? I mean, I didn't really feel like anything in this particular episode stood out. I mean, his innator isn't isn't that wow. Not not much wow factor to me. Mm-hmm. See, I like the innator because I'm all about the cheese. So, like, I would want to own the age accelerator innator just for that mm-hmm. aspect alone. Uh, but we'll get into that when we get into our rankings. Yeah, I also, I also like really like. Well, we'll talk about this in the rankings. That I, I have this this innator pretty high. But overall, the episode, you know, I, I didn't hate it, but I, I, you know, it it was hurt by the fact that there wasn't like a song in it. One of the few episodes that doesn't have a song. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's just overall kind of kind of meh. And and this this was another one that in in our feedback, uh, Giovanni said, you know, uh, what what he say? As 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 for the episodes themselves, Raging Bully is better. But neither of these episodes would make my top Finny top fifty Phineas and Ferb episodes. And I think that's that's a pretty accurate take. I think I think they're both uh, good episodes, uh, but maybe by the time all is said and done, maybe below average from from what we can see that Phineas and Ferb can do. Yeah, I agree with that as well. Anything else to add, Nathan? I mean, like, I I, I totally agree because like neither of their um, big things that they're gonna do today. Or like they're they're two things that they do. They're they're not that incredible. Like they're they're not going out of their way like building a roller coaster or making a beach or becoming international superstars. They're they're just thumb wrestling and making a movie that they that someone else is already making or just directing it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was pretty similar to part one of last week's episode uh, with the are you my mummy where they didn't yeah they were trying to like find the mummy or whatever but the whole chain of events was started because Candace is too clumsy and she just knocked herself over if she was just paying attention and was not being a crazy person uh the episode would have been very bland and I feel like in this instance the episodes were very bland if uh, Buford hadn't taken offense to Phineas dropping his ice cream on his lap and with the whole uh, movie thing that Phineas and Ferb didn't end up getting hired for this movie to direct it. So, yeah. So yeah, let's get into some rankings. So just a reminder, we always do our invention slash activities, our fire safety badges. So this episode, we won't add any because there weren't any. Um, Innators, doof backstories, songs, and episodes. So let's start with... um, Let's start with the inventions and activities. So in this episode, we had our thumb war and our making a movie. So yeah, who wants to go first? Uh, I can I can hop in first. So okay. um, I think it, it, neither of these are like super top top tier things for me. I think I think the the movie director thing is is hurt a little bit by the fact that the the movie isn't you know the best quality movie. Uh, but I, th- I think the idea of you know becoming big time movie directors is still is still admirable. Uh, the the brawl at the mall thumb wrestling thing I, I have pretty low, uh, just because it, it is cool that they you know built a big stadium and everything. Um, but overall, it's 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 less of an invention thing and more of a like they're they're you know settling some score, defending Belgique. 
Uh, so I put uh, being movie directors as number five, right in between Roller Coaster and Cattle Drive. And I put Brawl at the Mall, Thumb Wrestling as number eight in between the race car and Mount Rushmore. Okay. Um, so for me, I put as a film and TV major who hopes to create movies. Um, the other, there are some other things that looked more fun and like more spontaneous. But at the end of the day, even though I didn't love the movie they created, I liked the concept. And I think that would be one of the top things I would want to do. Um, I'm debating if I want to move roller coaster because I would want to ride the roller coaster, but I wouldn't want to make the roller coaster. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, right as it stands, I have it at number four between one hit wonder and roller coaster though. And then for Thumbmore, I also have it at number eight between cows and Mount Rushmore, um, with mummy coming in a dead last. Um, it's just like, I feel like it's better than looking at I, a I was statue kind of, of president. I was, I was back and forth, but, uh, four and five between the roller coaster and the movie director yeah what about you navi so i do have movies pretty high actually because like yeah like as you talked about the movie itself was like very bad but if it's like something that like we if i personally wrote or like envisioned or whatever i would think it would be a lot of fun so i actually put movies at number three between swinter and race car um as for the thumb wrestling i put it at number seven between cows and roller coaster okay perfect uh nathan i think think we're all kind of the same as yeah i guess nathan doesn't have the yeah i don't i don't have all rankings so you you can just kind of like tier it maybe yeah i uh, I think all of us kind of had had directors as as mid-tier to high tier and yeah i mean i i i kind of agree that just the the concept of making a movie sounds fun um so like I, i would also put it in like a slightly upper tier but then the 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 thumb wrestling um, is just not not very planned, very much an um, impulse. Um, not not even much an impulse, more more of a forced. Okay, I guess that's what we're gonna do today because they uh-huh. they didn't plan that. It was more so um, Buford bullying him into we're gonna fight today. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah, um, not, not very high for me. The only redeeming factor of that is that Evander Holyfield was like, yes, yeah, uh, absolutely, for sure. Yeah. So next we have our fire safety badges, and we'll get right next to our next thing because there's nothing to add to that. Uh, so our innators, and I, I, I would like to go first here. Um, yeah. I kind of said this earlier. Slavenator number ten, last place it would be hard to beat it. Just name alone. Um, I, and like the concept, I didn't love it. Um, and I just felt like it was not cool to do. Mm-hmm. Um, H Accelerator Nader is number three, only behind Meltonator 65000 and Termite Controlling Helmet, which needs a better name, but I think is more memorable. Um, H Accelerator mm-hmm. Nader, I think, is just up there by name alone. Mm-hmm. Um, but I originally had it under Woodenator, but I'm like, I need to remember what the Woodenator was. Um, mm-hmm. So, and... Let's see. Do I remember what the deflatinator is? Yes. Do I remember what the destructinator is? It's the gnomes, right? Yes. Yes. <laughs> see, I remembered. Okay. Navi, what about you? Where would you have everything? So I would put the uh, the age anator, or not the age anator, the age accelerator anator. 
at number three between Deflatinator and Destructinator because I like the idea of getting to age my own cheese as a cheese lover. Um, as for the Slavenator, it's tough because like if it had a different name, it would probably be pretty up there for me. Uh-huh. I think the name brings it down. Uh-huh. I don't know if I want to... Do I want to put it at number 10? See, I haven't decided yet. I, um, I sort of... I, I sort of split the difference a little bit. Uh-huh. Uh, so I I um know like the idea of it is is okay. The the uh fact that it ties into my favorite backstory so far gets a lot of points. Uh techno technologically, uh it's very impressive. So that gets a lot of points. Uh but the name the name pulls it down a lot. Um, I think with a rebrand, it would be very good. Um, but just the name of it is terrible. So I, I split the difference between those two things a little bit. And I put it at number seven uh, in between the, the giant building robot from last week and the, the magnitude of magnifier. Yeah. Yeah. So let's see. At number five, so or yeah, number six so far, I have terminate, termite controlling helmet. And then at number seven, I have magnetism magnifier. I guess I'll slot it in between those two for now. And if I have if I have other thoughts, I'll move it around. But for now, I'll just slot it between those two. And Perfect. it'll be my new number six. Yeah. And then for Doof backstories, are we all in agreement that number one is birthday, number two is gnomes? Or does anyone have a different oh, yeah. opinion? Birthday is 100% number one. Yeah, I will. Okay. I will also say that uh, the age accelerator inator I put at number two, uh, right number behind two. the meltonator six five thousand, and right ahead of the destructinator. Uh, I, I I think the the fact that Doofenshmirtz wasn't using it for evil is is very cool. Uh, the fact that he was using it for cheese, I'm a big fan of, um, and it was also just very impressive. Uh, so I I have it at, at number two. Okay, perfect. And so next we have the songs. Um, so, as we established last week, Gitchy Gitchy Goo is number one. Um, today course. we're adding just he's a bully, correct? Yeah, it's the only there, there was yeah. no song in the second half. There was there was a little bit of like an opera song in in the first episode, but it was it was one not not really like an original song, and only, only like it was it was based on an already existing opera. Yeah, and it wasn't really treated. It it was more treated as like. You know, cinematic overscoring music than it was any sort of like original music break. Yeah, it makes sense. So I, I didn't add that in there. I only added he's a bully. Yeah. Um. For me, I'm between ten and eleven for he's a bully, honestly, because the the visuals are memorable, but I couldn't tell you one line of the song. But go Phineas, go. I feel like is more memorable as a song, but not as visually interesting. So I want to hear what you all have to say first, and then maybe I'll finalize my slots. Uh, so I, I love the the imagery of all of this. I also like really love the line, uh, it's time to get into shape. And by shape, I don't mean a triangle. He rhymes uh, triangle with, uh, you know, if you want to avoid being mangled. Yeah. Um, I, I like that line a great deal. Uh, and it, it, like at the same time, it's, it shows like a picture of Phineas's head. It's like a triangle. And then it has a picture of a triangle. It has like one of those circles with a line through it. Yeah. Uh, so for that line alone, I I enjoy it, um, but it's it's not as memorable as a lot of the other songs we have. I have the song at number eight, in between number seven, Backyard Beach, and number nine, I'm Lindana. I want to have fun. Uh, 
Justice for Lidnon. I listened to that a lot last week. Um, Navi, mm-hmm. what about you? Yeah, the song is third last for me. Go uh, Go Phineas is still number uh, is still in last place, followed by Candace's song, and then I slotted that one right above it. Yeah, uh-huh. even though Will's defending the lyrics, I still don't remember how the tune goes. And while it's visually appearing, I can sing Go Phineas in my head. So I think I'm just like by that I'll switch them also uh-huh. to like add a little diversity to our list because I yeah, feel like um, just to keep things interesting but honestly the last three songs are kind of not that memorable like everything backyard beach and higher on my list is memorable to me mm-hmm. um, and then lastly we have uh, our episodes um, so we're adding Raging Bully and Lights Candace Action uh, does anyone have theirs solidified yet or should I go first uh, you can you can go ahead I think I've got mine Okay, so just for everyone to remember, I have Gnome Lawn Beach at number one. I'm not going to say the whole episode title. Swinter at two, Flop Stars at three, and then currently in last is The Fast and the Phineas. And congratulations, The Fast and the Phineas. I put Lights Candace Action below you. And mm. I remember liking it a lot more when I was younger, but like the episode felt so short and full, like devoid of plot for the most part. Uh-huh. Yeah, mm-hmm. It felt like very filler episode, like something they could slot in that it, there wasn't as much thought in this week. I don't know. This week was kind of a downer because I also put Raging Bully at number eight, just above the Fast and the Phineas. So something about these two episodes were a little unmemorable. And maybe it's because they didn't really do something super epic, like of their own creation. They got hired to direct a movie. They like got roped into fighting Buford. They didn't like, there was no, I know what we're going to do today sort of moment mm-hmm. um, and no songs to like boost them. So I don't know. That's that's kind of where I'm leaning with that. Uh, so I have I have a, I also have lights Candace ac- action pretty low. Uh, I have it at number nine above uh, Candace loses her head, but below the Fast and the Phineas. Uh, I have I have Raging Bully pretty close to the middle. I, I think you know overall it's it's um, not as as exciting as some other episodes, but it does have a lot of of redeeming qualities to it. It is what introduces us to Valjeet. It is um, what gives us this very good Dr. Doofenshmirtz backstory. Um, so I have that at number five. I have Raging Bully at number five in between Slinter and Are You My Mommy. Perfect. And Navi? Yeah, so for me, Raging Bully is at number seven between Roller Coaster and Race Car. And I've been wrestling with where I wanted to put, like, can't... <laughs> I where I've been wanting to put lights, Candace action. And I'm like, you know what? Screw it. It's last on my ranking. I, I just couldn't bring myself to really care per se. Like it should have been something that appeals to me as someone who likes movies and like the movie making process, but it just didn't. And like the fact that like the Doofenshmirtz of it all um, didn't really help either. Yeah, like he was are. just minding... Yeah, like he, like it was the saving grace of the episode, and even that wasn't enough to push it over the top for me. So yeah, it's last place behind Mount Rushmore. So yeah, um, and with that, we close out our ranking. Nathan, how do you for feel about? Uh, oh yeah, I go guess, ahead, Nathan. Tier wise, where do you have these episodes? Where do you have this song? I mean, I don't, I don't entirely know if I could like give an accurate description because I'm not. I haven't watched the the previous episodes like the rest sure. of y'all. Um, I mean, I'd I'd probably say um, Raging Bully is probably somewhere like 
probably like lower B tier, um, uh-huh. if just for the backstory. Um, yeah. And then um, lights, candles, action, lower than that, may somewhere in C tier, maybe mid uh-huh. to upper C tier, but like not not a lot of memorability there. So uh-huh. this know, is currently it's, um, it's unfortunate. My Candace taking photographs or bringing posters to Linda sort of tier. Like roller coaster, raging bully, the Fast and the Phineas, all next to each other. Um, but yeah, so that's our rankings. Does anyone have anything final to add about these episodes before we do plugs and stuff? Uh, I don't think that we got some more good good oh, feedback, feedback from right? Giovanni that that we can maybe mm-hmm. uh, maybe maybe later we can we can touch on a little bit more about some of the the finer details of some of the parallels between this show and Hey Arnold. Uh, which which I hadn't thought of before, but now I, I sort of want to think about yeah. a little bit more before before we talk about it. So I watched Hey Arnold, but I feel like when I talk about millennials versus Gen Z sort of content, I feel like Hey Arnold skews slightly more millennial. Um, even though and maybe I watched this is it. why I why I know Hey Arnold because I like I've, like I've seen Hey Arnold, um, <laughs> but it's like I feel like i feel hey arnold is slightly more millennial than gen z but who knows we'll get into this all um and i again shout out to giovanni for emailing us and tweeting us questions and our twitter is at what you doing pod um and all three of us tweet from it uh Uh and again happy president's day to the one and only president that we care about candace flynn yeah yeah uh, uh, happy uh, Family Day, Happy Nova Scotia Heritage Day, Happy Luriel Day, Happy whatever other days are To Candace Flynn and Candace Flynn only. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so should we do some plugs? Uh, yeah, sure. sure. So Nathan, let's start with you, our guest. Uh, plug whatever you want and then tell us something pop culture that you're consuming this week. Um, I guess uh, follow me on Twitter um, at Nathan underscore Davis 74. Um, I don't. I don't really tweet a lot. Um, I'm usually retweeting a bunch of Williams tweets because they're they're very funny. Um, you can also follow my Instagram at Nathan Follows Nick, which was um, solely created um, to follow someone else um, posting Who's about Nick? food on my story. Oh, okay. um, Nick Nick is a friend of one of our other brothers, um, who is a very good cook. And um, I solely made this account to follow his story of him making um, great food on his stories. Um, pretty much uh, what I've been up to. Um, I can't really go outside, obviously, um, due to weather and COVID and whatnot. So um, the next best thing I've been doing is doing a rewatch of all of the Big Brother Canada seasons. Um, Ooh. I just started season two this morning. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we we'll, we'll see how it goes. I've I've seen all of the seasons at, at one point in my life, but it's been a while since I've watched them. There's nothing else to do, so I figured now would be a good time. All hail Queen Echo Wong. Um, mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, Will, what about you? Fall off of your brother. Uh, yeah, so you can you can follow me on on Twitter and Instagram at Davis comma Will, um, or you can follow the other the other podcast that I do is Everyone and Their Brother podcast uh, that that I do with my other brother uh, and and uh, two two very good friends. Um, we're everywhere at EATB podcast or at EATBpodcast.com. 
Uh, we didn't have an episode this week. Um, just some scheduling things. But next week is our uh, annual awards show that we do, I, the, the Ampi Awards. I think this is our fourth year in a row of doing this awards show. Uh, it's very fun. We almost always try and find a reason to give an award to Zendaya. Uh, we're, a, we're, a, we're a Zendaya stan podcast. Good taste. Um, so so that I'm very excited for. Who needs the um, Emmys when you have the, the Ambi? Yeah, it's, it's right there in award season. Um, so pop culture wise, uh, still been been listening or watching more of Nathan for you because of the Nathan for us podcast. Uh, I've also been listening to a lot of this, this podcast by uh, my very good friend, uh, Robert. Uh, he, he hosts a podcast called Run the Layers. It's all about creativity, uh, where he interviews different people and different creators about, you know, what they think about creativity and their, you know, their, their views on creativity and the creative process. Uh, so if you're at all interested in any kind of like content making, uh, he's got a whole first season out of, of Run the Layers. Fun, fun. Cool to check out. Yes. Uh, Nabi, where can people hear more from you, see more from you? You can follow me on Twitter at Cause I'm Nabi. And don't feel bad, Nathan. I only retweet what you do in pod stuff <laughs> anyway, so it's all good. Um, I will not be on Angin there this week because the scheduling just didn't work out, but I will be on next week, fingers yeah. crossed. Just I to will clarify still be- there. There is no Angan there this week. Um, yeah, there it's is not no that Navi got bumped. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah, or that they uh, ended up canceling their podcast like they talked about last episode. Uh, but After I will Jacob be back. Lit the museum. <laughs> yeah, uh, but I will be back next week uh, on their podcast next week talking about the Blind Bandit. So we still get to talk about Toph. So I'm like, honestly, cool with that. Um, as for pop culture stuff, speaking of Evander Holly uh, Field and Mike Tyson, I ended up watching all of Mike Tyson mysteries. Oh, nice! Know? I love it. <laughs> uh, it's super bizarre. If you're into like the um, Adult Swim brand of just weirdness, I would highly recommend it. It's, it's um, some of Jim Rash's best work. It I is. Love, I love Jim Rash. Dinaline. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so I, I get the reason why I ended up watching is because like, I just randomly remembered that they canceled the show last year and I got really emo and I'm like, I want to watch it again. And then I ended mm-hmm. up watching it. Norm MacDonald is super good in the show too. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, yeah. I've also been watching uh, an old YouTube. Well, not old. I guess it's kind of old. A uh, YouTube series called uh, the most popular girls in school oh, with the, with the Barbies. Yeah, with the Barbies. It's so funny. Like the first three seasons especially were really great. Um, season four is kind of a dip in quality, but then I find season five is kind of a return to form. Um, but yeah, I would highly recommend checking that out on YouTube. Uh, the most popular girls in school. I think people said it's like a mix between Mean Girls and Robot Chicken. Would you yeah. say that's a fair? I could, I, yeah. could, I could get that. Sounds wild yeah. to me. <laughs> Yeah, it is wild. I think you would really like it, Felipe. I think I think so. Um, okay. So is it me now? Uh, yeah. So mm-hmm. uh, I just recorded a podcast with Naomi Calhoun where we did a discussion on why Abby Maria Gomez is an underrated Survivor player and not just a great character. 
Um, I don't know when she's going to post that, but stay tuned to the Mike White was Rob podcast where I reveal one of my biggest secrets that I've never seen School of Rock. Um, oh, really? Yeah. Man, uh, I just fine. never, like, I, I know I should, but I just never got around to it. Um, hmm. Although Miranda Cosgrove was in it, and I did listen to the podcast with the guy whose Twitter bio is the gay kid from School of Rock when he had Zeke on um, from Survivor. Uh, what else? Uh, uh, coming up in like 20, 30 minutes, I will be recording Scooby-Doo and the Alien Invaders, uh, a podcast mm-hmm. with Lindsay Bebo and Kate, who was our guest last week for Flop Stars. We'll be going in all that and the lore and the mystery versus uh, magic debate. It's going to be discussed. Um, and then that's probably on my podcasting for the week, but I will be on the aforementioned Naomi's Twitch stream maybe next week. Uh, talking about um, Gen Z versus Millennial, the line. Um, and that's twitch.tv slash nay, N-A-Y underscore O-O-H underscore me, M-I. Um, that's her Twitch. Uh, and then I had something else to plug, but I forgot. Oh, uh, yeah. So you can follow us, What You Do in Pod on Twitter. And then you can follow the Brazilian Dragon, Brazil Dragon Pod on Instagram, Twitter, TikTok. And you can follow me at what the fleep on Twitter and TikTok and Clubhouse, which honestly, like, it's just I don't Zoom. understand Clubhouse. It's Zoom, me neither. but for audio only. Literally, I don't get the hype. Like, I, I sorry, I, like, I don't, I don't. It's I go for networking events more than anything, um, uh-huh. because uh, yeah. So in terms of pop culture, Zoe's extraordinary plays had a really good episode last week, and I went to a Clubhouse panel on that. Um, WandaVision keeps being great uh and then uh binge mode i wanted to plug for my thing it's mm, a nice. podcast yeah. i i found it like earlier last year and then as i've been watching more star wars movies uh i am doing that and listening to old star wars binge mode as well as the marvel so stuff. a big fan of of jason concepcion yeah well apparently he's leaving right he already left yeah but he's like finishing this season of binge yeah mode. i think i think they're i think they're letting him finish binge mode marvel yeah. I would like them to just let him stay on for binge mode. Yeah, he he did another podcast called The Connect with okay. him and Shay Serrano that is yeah. is really good. They are very NSFW. If you thought some of the stuff we say is NSFW, <laughs> um, they were talking about in one episode Jar Jar and what he could do with all that with that tongue. Um, <laughs> it, it's wild. Um, but yeah, so that's the plugs for me. Um, yeah. And. Yeah. One of these I days have... we'll find a good a good stinger how to end the podcast. Yeah. Uh, what should our hashtag be today? Uh thumb wars? Um hashtag uh, Boston Belt Sander. How do you spell that? Uh Boston like the city. Belt and then like the okay, thing you belt. wear. And then uh, Sander. And then Sander, like uh the thing in a beach. Okay. If it were if it were uh more yeah so tell us what's coming up next week will oh yes yes next week is get that bigfoot out of my face and tree to get ready season one episode six yes um the the bigfoot episode and i think tree to get ready is is uh tree houses i think it's when they make tree house robots yeah Uh, we'll see we'll find out when we watch it (laughs) yes spoiler Um, alert they do well in that case uh yeah just just follow us on the twitters uh ignore my nonsense on there and we'll talk to you next week goodbye everyone bye bye i'm not roxanne i'm not aline i'm not sharona and i don't want to study work or stay at home